out. Welcome to episode 9 of that classical podcast. This week, choral music. Hello, welcome Hi. to episode 9 of that classical podcast. Hello, episode 9. It's, Here we are. It's time for nine. Oh baby! Um, I'm all, super excited yet again um, because I'm excited every week. It's a, <laughs> I'm always real. excited. Um, we're doing choral music this week. Um, it's pretty great. Chris and I are both huge fans of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't know this already, Chris and I sing in a little choir together, so <laughs> we're total choral nerds. Um, so I'd say it's probably my main entrance into like classical music, having been in a choir so? and just like. Getting so obsessed with choirs. Why and choir, don't you choir actually music. a good way to start this this shebang? Why don't you tell us all the different parts of um, your your average <laughs> your average choir tune? Well, you've usually got four voices in the choir, don't you? You've got your soprano, okay, alto, oh, oh. and bass. Oh wow! And those, that was actually quite magically accurate. Um, I'm a really versatile vocalist. So, I don't know if you know. In other words, what we're saying is soprano's high. Yeah. Alto is a bit lower, but girly lower. Yeah. Um, tenor is a bit high, but manly high. Manly high. And then bass is... Manly bass. All about that bass. We are all no, about that bass no here. Right, let's just launch straight into it. Let's. Um, let's do. The very first piece I'm going to talk about is a super, super early example of choral music. Um, it's by an English composer called Thomas Tallis. Do you know of him? Talisman. No, I don't. <laughs> So he's, um, we're talking Renaissance period here. We're talking pre-Baroque, pre-classical, cool. pre-everything. Awesome. Diseases. Super disease. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're in, we're in Everyone's times. got Sif. Carry on. I'm just setting the scene. <laughs> Sif is rampant. <laughs> we're in the 1500s. Um, Renaissance period. That's, that's what we're talking about here. So this guy, Thomas Tallis. Um, was a composer who works um, for Elizabeth I, basically. So he was a Catholic. The um, Virgin Queen. As she is called. But was she? Was she? I think so. Okay. I think she was. So yeah, he was a Catholic amongst a very Protestant country at the time, but she sort of took him under her Protestant wing and was like, it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. No one persecute him. He's he's right. He writes some good tunes. Awesome. You you come with me, Tommy Mm, T. Nice. I'll look after you. Um, so the piece we're going to be listening to is called Spem in Alium, which means hope in another. And it's talking about, I won't have hope in another god because you, god, are my number one. The title kind of sounds like a sneeze, though. Uh, Spem in Spem in Alium. You're welcome. Gesundheit. Uh, so, sorry, continue. What does it mean? Uh, it means hope in another. And it's talking about how I won't wow. have hope in another god. You won't have hope? No, because <laughs> you're like, you're my, you're my number one god. <laughs> you're Love my G. You god. Absolutely. Um, So this is a really early example of what's known as polyphony, which is um, when you've got different sounds. Like, remember polyphonic ringtones on your phone? Do I? (laughs) Oh, baby. I had the composer. Did you? The The polyphonic composer on your phone. You know, with the Nokia when you were like, do, do, do. But I had a polyphonic one that was like, chords. That's (laughs) incredibly cool. You're you're jealous. I'm very jealous. And so, yeah, Talis was like, Okay, well, we could just have a couple of lines, music lines going on at the same time. But what he decided to do instead was, so as we mentioned before, um, choirs are usually four parts. So soprano, alto, tenor, bass. He was like, nah, nah. Oh. This is in 40 parts. It's in for a 40 part choir. Sorry, 40? Yeah. So <laughs> it's, <Can't run. laughs> it's, it's written for eight different choirs of five voices. So you, like to sing this piece, you need a minimum of 40 singers one two apart that's quite greedy but it's amazing oh my it's god so cool. i'm actually really excited to hear this i haven't listened well, to let's it let's slam go. right into let's it crazy 
was really bloody <laughs> great. I, uh, I'm, cool, isn't I I really massively enjoyed that. I, I was just thinking it's funny because obviously you can tell that that is a very old style piece, but mm. it's almost so good that it's timeless. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. You, mm. I, I turned to Chris and I said, "You'd never think all of them had syphilis." <laughs> no, but, but, but seriously, I, I, um, I would. It, that almost sounds like a modern kind of interpretation of a sort of Tudor piece. It's, yeah, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and one, so one particularly cool aspect of this is that um, another new word for you. Um, it's uh, it's <laughs> a really me. cool example. <laughs> it's a really cool example of what's called antiphony, which is where you have. Multiple choirs in the same building singing different parts of the same piece. Sick. So usually this is in a church of them standing like either side of the congregation. This was originally designed to be um, performed in the round, so you'd have the audience in the middle surrounded by these like eight different choirs, oh, and they were up on a balcony. And I've actually I've been I've seen this live where they had it set up properly like that. Oh my god! Did so you, we were did you spam in your alley? I spammed all over my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Um, R-rated but, oh my god! Music. <laughs> it was unbelievable because I mean, as you heard, then you've got all these like individual vocal lines Shit. just coming in and coming out, mm. and then all of a sudden they all slam in on one chord together. That was and... like being <laughs> shoved back against a brick wall, but in an amazing, powerful kind of way. Yeah, I it's it was uh, man, it's so good. And yeah, just a couple of quick things on Talis before we move on. So he was a teacher of William Bird, who was another sort of very noted uh, Renaissance composer. Um, and Queen Elizabeth in 1575 granted Talis, <laughs> Talis and Bird a 21-year monopoly on publishing music. So for 21 years, they were the only people like permitted by the Queen to publish any That's music. That's what in thousands England. of potatoes will do to one's brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow! Oh, whoa! Sorry. Yeah, they had Can it on we lock. analyze that for, for a second? They were just like, yeah, music our thing. Nobody else is allowed <laughs> to have this. They could literally like splooge onto a manuscript, and it would be published like without. I mean, no, they had to like write good stuff. <laughs> But they were they were in charge of the music of England, basically. That seems a little unfair. I mean, Talis died halfway through this twenty-one year monopoly. Oh god! So, yeah, so for part of it, Bird was just like, "I run this joint, I run this." <laughs> he must have been having a great time. I think he was. Yeah. I would love to see what he published during that period. Honestly, he was just like, <laughs> I am Bird. No, he, fart, he, he wrote, fart. He wrote yeah. great stuff. All right, that's pretty much all I have on Talis. <laughs> Good. You got anything else on old timey um, choral stuff? I, you know what? I was researching for this episode because originally we, I was going to go through sort of a choral history mm. of Britain, but I got sort of caught up in one thing in particular, which is called tonic sulfur. Do, do you know anything? I'm just tired. Do you know anything about it, Christopher? Vaguely, but please does tell this, me more. Does this ring any bells? Do re mi fa sol la ti do. Sound of music, isn't it? Right. Let me tell you this for free. So, like, this was invented in the 18 kind of 40s by um, some woman called Sarah Ann Glover from Norwich. And it was a way of learning to sight sing. Mm -hmm. So the sound of music didn't just make that up. It was instead of, like, learning notes in, like, a church choir or whatever, Mm -hmm. it would basically be, like, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. So each note of the scale is given its own word. Exactly. So, um, and that's... It's all in relation to the first note of mm. the scale. Dope. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was this kind of new way of, of sightseeing. And I first read about this and I was like, well, give, give a shit. Like, what? <laughs> but then I found out that it was massively linked to sort of call, like, call church singing. 
Yeah. And there were these people called Solfarists. Solfarists. Who went out, and this was mainly in, sort of in the Victorian times. Mm. They went out into this sort of into sort of poverty-struck mm. England uh, with a carefully crafted plan to keep people morally upright and turn, them, yeah, and turn them into practicing Christians. Um, they just burst into a slum yeah. and go, don't rape me if I saw poverty They honestly thought that if you, if you sang with sort of proper lyrics to a proper tune in the proper fashion, wow. it would create and sustain this like highly moral person. That's so Victorian. And it could cure, I'm not joking, could cure poverty <laughs> and <laughs> prostitution. And so like in my head, I, I genuinely, you joke, but I have this vision of a vicar like busting into a brothel yeah. being like, stop your fornication, now we will sing away in a manger. <laughs> but only with the proper sofa. <laughs> Do re mi fa so. I mean, I can't imagine many prostitutes really came around to that. I'm not really sure how it solves any I'm of their problems I'm not sure how either. poverty was ended either. No. Um, but yeah, so... There we go, the healing power of choral music. The healing power. So hopefully, people listening to this, um, you'll be cured of your prostitution and ailments. And poverty. Um, please tw- tweet us and then let us know your success stories. That'll be great. One, two, three, four. Ooh-hoo. That classical podcast! <laughs> Round two. Let's go. It's time to shine. Um, okay, so we, we had a very old school one. Um, now we're going to have a very new school one. N-U-S-K-O-O-L. <laughs> exactly. Um, this uh, cool piece, it's actually from a film called Youth. And it came out last year with Michael Caine um, and Harvey Keitel. And uh, it's called Just Brackets After Song of Songs. And it's by this lad called David Lang. And um, I actually heard the song before I saw the film and uh, absolutely right. fell no in love with it. No one a coral hipster. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's sung by Trio Medieval, who are this very famous sort of group of three singers mm-hmm. uh, who sing loads of medieval stuff. <laughs> a trio of medieval age. stuff? Wow. Um, but I, I absolutely love it. It's a, it is a bit odd and it has the word breasts in it a lot. So it's like um, just after Song of Songs as in Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon, exactly. Stuff. So right. if, if anyone has ever read that um, Old Testament book, it talks about boobs, it talks about sex <laughs> and beds. Um, David Lang, who wrote, who wrote this piece, um, sort of, I guess, made his own version of it and, mm-hmm. and sort of made the poetry a lot more modern. Um, and yeah, I just think it's really beautiful and there's lots of silence in it nice. which may be at first a bit off-putting um and it's quite repetitive but i really i honestly i think it's beautiful i can't wait to and, listen to this but quiet in repetitive the film, piece the film is perfect because michael kane is this kind of old dude i i learned a new word today guys septuagenarian learning so many new words today right. antiphony exactly and polyphony really again because i forgot it um and he's at this kind of retreat in Switzerland and um, it's all very, it's a very thinky film and this music comes in at the perfect time and it's very atmospheric and it's gorgeous. Um, and I think, to be honest, it stands out um, in its own right just as a wonderful piece. So, um, enjoy. Just your mouth. Just your love. Just your anointing oils. Just your name. Just your chambers, just your love, and my mother's sons, and my 
just your companions, just your kids, just your cheeks, just your neck, just your couch, and my perfume, and my beloved, and my breasts. Just your eyes and my beloved. struck me I mean that's obviously like the complete opposite of my piece which sure. is like sure. overblown 40 people all singing different sure. things yeah, whereas this is oh, it's amazing and like great. intimate and three yeah. voices all doing the same thing but in harmony mm. wow that's so good I mean I'm so glad you like it David Lang <laughs> is like quite he famously it's not necessarily minimalism because it's a bit more than that it's just mm. sort of with more texture um, but I love it because it's so simple. Yeah. And as if you listen, obviously we can't play it all. It's 12 minutes long. And it does stay basically the same all the way through. But it, there are tiny... Yeah. It's captivating with the silence, I think, yeah. is, is the captivating yeah, yeah, yeah. bit. And then very small instrumental details are added. So there'll be a tiny bell or like a little sort of cheapy noise or just this kind of <laughs> strings in the background. Oh, man, it's beautiful. Um, and it goes on and it's... It's weird, hypnotic is kind of the mm, word I would use. Yeah. Um, I urge you to listen to the whole thing. It, it really flies by. It doesn't feel like 12 minutes. <laughs> um, and also watch the film. Film is wonderful. It won, I think, the Palme d'Or at Cannes. So, um, Can I just point out that I really held back on doing a Michael Caine impression? Go on. You said Michael Caine like five times. No, because I'll have built it up too much now. Should I go? But listeners just know that I've You got... were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. No, I sound mad. No, that's, that's bad. That's, that's literally exactly I, why I, I didn't just do the Michael I'm Caine impression. So sorry. Yeah. Let's move on with the podcast. Sure regret. One, two, three, four. That classical podcast. 
So, for my next piece, I thought I'd keep the whole polyphony theme running. Can you please stop showing off with all the words you know? Like, this is getting embarrassing for me. <laughs> I know many words. I've got the best words. Is that? That's a little bit of a political... Donald. Donald. That's, Donny. That's a little Donny bit of political humour for you there. Excellent. Anyway, <laughs> satire. <laughs> Carry on. Um, the piece we're going to talk, well, that I'm going to talk about yeah, next, is you. by an Italian composer called Antonio Lotti. <laughs> it's called Crucifixus. Uh, it was composed in 1717 to 1719. Mm-hmm. So we're talking uh, sort of early Baroque sort of time here at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's another uh, religious piece again. So another talking- one. No breasts, no breasts in this one. Not as far as I'm aware. Not interesting. <laughs> Mainly about crucifixion For rather God's than sake, breasts. Downer, Diana so, Downer. It's a bit of a Debbie Downer. Yeah. So let's just have a listen to it, and then we can talk about it afterwards. Awesome. Oral hug, ah. wasn't it? I think it was a bit. It was like a very sad hug. 
It was. A... It's like someone hugging and like, like crying sad... on you. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. And Pontius Pilate never got so much airtime in his entire life, I tell you. <laughs> but um, I thought that was stunning. That was really beautiful. It was mm. very understated. Um, but stunning. Yeah, really yeah. lovely. Um, so what I really like about this is that it's... Um, it's a real continuation of the the tradition that was set up by composers like Talis. Mm. Um, this polyphonic having the themes, uh, the, the the voices, the tunes weave in and out of each other and come in. And as new entries come in, it gets more and more harmonically complex. Um, so specifically in this piece, the really cool effect that I think is shown is that uh, with every entry, you get the sort of semitone clash that then gets the resolves. Sort of oh, I um, see. That's like a sort of consistent. Well, bit. like for the first like eight or sixteen cool. bars, whatever, awesome. as yeah. as it goes from the low voices up to the high voices, every new entry is a clash that then gets resolved and then a new one. So it really sort of keeps turning over that I think is something you can only really get in choral music. Well, I mean, you can get it in like string quartets and stuff, but I think it's particularly... Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, it's shown off particularly well by this kind of choral music. Um, and it's just it's just bloody nice. It is. Yeah. Um, it was very... Um, I like to use the word crunchy. Oh, there we were a lot, of, there were a lot of very chords, crunchy chords. Sort of um, there, clashy yeah. sort of things, which I absolutely adore. Mm. Yeah, that was great. I'll be re-listening to that one, I think. Well, you must, yeah. Ooh. So Lottie was a... Um, early Baroque, we, we sort of sort of know that he was an early influence on Bach, um, because Bach had like some of his manuscripts amongst his, his stuff, so we know he at least like was aware of Lottie's work. Um, and it's just really interesting to see how, because um, Bach's work is then quite different from this, it doesn't really go that much into polyphonic stuff, it's all, all his chorales and his um, passions and stuff, they're all fairly homophonic, where you've got the... Um, all the all the uh, singers singing the same words with different right. harmonies. Got it. Um, so yeah, it's just really interesting to see how the the choral tradition sort of developed and moved on, and how they pinched bits from yeah. past past composers and then made it new. Um, and also, I hope you're happy that, in the same way, I restrained myself from doing a Michael Caine impression. Oh God! I held back oh, from picking a Bach piece for this because otherwise, this would be that Bachical <laughs> podcast. Because I love Bach we so love much. Bach. He's just the best. He's like your pal, your best pal. JSB, he's my man. We should definitely do a 60 second bio on Bach. Can we make every episode be about Bach, A 60 minute bio, am I right? You're so right. Awesome. Two, three, four. The classic, classic, classical podcast. Now a thing that happens in the podcast. Kelly bellows um, next. Right. Bellowing. What's your piece? Right, mate. It's Now Sleeps the Crimson Petal. Um, I thought I was being really individual and original picking this piece. Mm-hmm. And then accidentally found out it's by a guy called Paul Melor. Me- Melor. Melor. Easy for I was like, yeah, no one's going to know this one. Yeah, it was played at Will and Kate's wedding. Oh, you're so basic. <laughs> you're so mean? basic. I was researching it earlier this week and, and found that out. I was like, bollocks. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, no, to be honest, the one played at their wedding was a sort of, basically, Kate Middleton heard this piece, Now Sleeps the Crimson Petal, and requested a different version of it and she different requested how? so she requested like a version in latin that was a yeah. hymn about washing one's feet but okay. this like religious thing but the original is 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 actually just a, a musical version of a poem by alfred lord tennyson um which when, is when's the original composed far more beautiful so t- 2010 oh right okay so yeah super up to date and this poem by tennyson it has been put to music several times and benjamin Britten did a version of it oh. but it's 
<gasps> Sorry, any Britain um, Britain's great. fanatics, but I didn't enjoy it. Oh, man. And what I really like about um, this guy, Paul, Paul Mealor, can't pronounce his last name, um, <laughs> is that he Poor really, he does borrow from kind of ancient and modern uh, choral traditions. Ancient? Well, like Egyptian. Ancient. Well, no, no. <laughs> but sort of Tudor and Baroque, um, sure. and he does kind of mix it with modern stuff. So the title is part of this choral cycle. Um, so there are four he calls them madrigals. Yeah. Um, and this is the first one. And then the second one is called Lady, when I behold the roses sprouting. The <laughs> Lady, next one when is, I behold Lady, the roses sprouting. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> uh, the, the next one is called Upon a Bank with Roses Sprouting. And then the last one is A Spotless Rose. Um, I'm they're, sensing a theme. They're all, <laughs> they're all very beautiful and they're all very richly um, textured. But in the same way, and, and what you'll see is that he does kind of strip back. He, it's not a forty-piece choir like the one you, you have, it. and it's again, it's not quite as simple as the the one I played before, but it is quite. It's beautiful, but it's elegant and simple. It is, yeah. So let's let's have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. also just urge that you read the poem it's, it's really poem, beautiful it has it? the word bosom in it a lot i like breasts and bosoms today but you, can you blame you're me all about <laughs> <laughs> can, 
She's all there. about the shirt potatoes. Um, shirt potatoes. Um, um, what I really love about that and lots of uh, 21st century core writings, you've got people like Mila Mela and mm. Eric Whitaker and people like that who are just sort of, yes. been, they're so, yeah. they're not afraid to basically like break all the traditional rules of core writing. So yes. people like your Talis, your Bach, Woo Bach. Yeah. Um, there, there are certain sort of, like rules of harmony that they're long and boring we won't go into them now but like certain mm. rules that everything has Thanks. to stick by <laughs> whereas this yeah you have voices singing in unison and then all these like incredibly inventive chords but at with, the same oh, time man. like I totally agree with you but I also think it is like I said before it really is sort of it does adhere to the sort of Tudor sound and the Baroque sound. It is traditional in a lot of ways as it, well. It's, it's very much and it's still English very pleasant. Hall. It's oh, not no, sort yeah, of yeah. like yeah. Whoa, 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 you know, kind of. Um, no, it's definitely stuff. within the English choral tradition. Stravinsky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, it's not Stravinsky or Schoenberg. Yeah, but no, so it's within the English choral tradition, definitely. Yeah. But what I love is how they're they're pushing at the really at the limits of it and sort of Definitely. where you're allowed to go with the harmony and the texture and oh yeah big fan. It's really beautiful, isn't mm, it? Mm. And um, yeah, if, to be honest, that one the the one that um, Kate played at her wedding. If you want to hear it, <laughs> I wouldn't. It's called Ubi Caritas, and it is basically Ooh. the same tune, um, okay, but, but it's a not bit the... a bit more jazzy and about feet. And it's not, um, and it's not the Durufle Ubi Caritas. It's Ubi Caritas. Etamor. I don't know if that, that text is... is used. The, the famous one yeah, that is Yeah, it's the hymn. It's, it's like a very religious right, it's, foot-washing it's hymn. The text, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, it is fabulous. And it did remind me of Eric Whitaker a lot because mm. I was I was so tempted to play Eric Whitaker today. No, we, we can't. No, we, we can't again. Featured him on the podcast. Um, but yeah, it, it is for me a perfect example of just a, an amazing marriage of modern and, mm. and traditional stuff. So I'm glad you liked it. Good pick, Kelly. Thank you. Classical Blodcast. This episode of That Classical Podcast is brought to you by Florian Leonhard Fine Violins. If you need a bow rehairing, if you need your sound adjusting, if you want to buy a new violin, come along. Uh, you can find out more details on www.florianleonhard.com. Choral music. Choral music. That's the rap. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that, lads and lasses. Oh, I'm glad we finally did an episode on choral stuff. We've been itching. It's all we ever talk about. <laughs> no, that's not even a joke, actually. It, um, no, I mean, it's been great. I'm sorry that I chose two extremely modern pieces. Fine, I'm I sorry I chose it, it, two extremely old pieces. It worked quite well, I think. Um, Just heads up, listeners, there are things in between 1700 and today. Yes, and actually, it's probably <laughs> worth saying, Mozart, Lacrimosa, that is a beautiful choral piece. We're, we're going to do another We can episode, definitely do we? another one on that. But I there mean, are, at least. There are so, so many um, to go through, and, and we will, don't worry. If you enjoy this episode, do feel free to get in touch with us. Our social media handles are Kelly, Twitter, at that classical insta at that classical insta very good what are we on facebook that classical podcast excellent what if you want to email us that classical email at gmail.com excellent i am winning i've you smashed nailed it. the social media smashed handles there it, yeah but most importantly what should the listeners do okay please if you have enjoyed this episode even maybe like five seconds of this episode and not anything else please do leave us a review on iTunes. It can just be stars. You don't even have to write anything. But if you only listen to five seconds, make sure there's one star per second, please. <laughs> five stars. That's all we want. Oh, no, you didn't. Um, thank you so much, guys. Thanks um, for listening. And um, tune in next time for a special Christmas episode. It's Christmas! Yeah. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.